Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, reminding you to check out the show live on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to check out our Patreon page where you can unlock exclusive perks, including access to a patron Q&A session where we take Falcons questions for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of fun. You can find that page at patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 162 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, joined by a full house of the Falcons family here to discuss what went down this bye week not too much, thankfully. Uh, and to, of course, preview this Dolphins game coming up in Week 7, where the Falcons will be trying to get back to 500 for the first time since the 2019 season. Uh, so obviously a lot riding on this game. And uh, it's an opponent that theoretically the Falcons should be able to defeat. Uh, but we've said that before, so let's just get right into introducing our wonderful cast of co-hosts and guests tonight. First of all, we have... With us from the Atlanta Falcons digital media team, we have returning Scott Bear. He is on Twitter at Scott Bear NFL. Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, it's been a long time between games. Too long, I think. Yeah. I'm, starting, I'm starting to get antsy. No more practice. Let's go play. Yeah. Well, it's like I keep uh, I keep seeing highlights of like last week's game, and I'm like, wait, was this last week or like two weeks? I don't even because it feels like that's an old game now, but it's actually just the most recent game. So it's just throwing me off the whole bye week thing. But uh, hope you guys got to enjoy your week off. I think that was an awesome thing that the, the team did. Letting you guys take a break. Then uh, I also got to enjoy some time off. So <laughs> also with us we have. As well, uh, making his first appearance, also from the Atlanta Falcons digital media team, we have Chris. Is it Rim or Reem, uh, Chris? Uh, Rim. Rim. Okay, Chris Rim. Uh, he's on Twitter at Chris Rim One. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for bringing me on. Yeah, yeah. We've been hoping to get you on for a little while now. So happy you were able to make it. Also with us, we have joining us from the Falcoholic Podcast crew. We have David Walker, a.k.a. Falcoholic DW on the Twitters. DW, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. I want to plug the uh, um, Final Whistle podcast <laughs> while I'm here. Just going to break that <laughs> one before. <laughs> That's early. You're not supposed to go in, you know, before oh, five good. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> My mistake. Yeah. It's well, good to thank be here, you. Kevin. Yeah. Thanks for that, DW. Thanks. <laughs> Just get us right off the rails early now. Uh, also with us, we have Adnan Ikechi. at Say Which Way on the Twitters. Adnan, how are you tonight? I'm okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very nervous about this Braves game going on. Yeah, yeah, uh, understandable. 
But, you know, distracting myself with some Falcons talk, of course. That's good. That's good. That's very healthy. Very healthy. And you've got your Twizzler. So we got the Twizzler plug going. Uh, excellent of you on, on there. Got to keep but up our corporate ties. They need to send me yeah. more material. They need to send me more <laughs> material since I, I keep doing this. Yeah, they say, do. Are you, still, are you still working on that? I, I, I gave most of it away, to be honest. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> they sent you like two years worth of Twizzlers. So, I mean, that's right. literally like, I don't know how I could eat. I couldn't even eat that many Twizzlers. Um, all right. Finally, last but not least, you've seen him already. He is Eric Robinson at underscore Eric underscore, underscore Robinson. Eric, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. It's, it feels good to, to finally talk some Falcons football. And, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this game. They might be able to pull this one off. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. that we win. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Adnan. So we know who that to blame now. Oh. We have not been specific. <laughs> yep. Oh. Well, you see, if we win this game and then we win next week to get to a win- oh. winning record, Adnan will be starting the Super Bowl chant. No, no, not Super Bowl, yeah. not Super Bowl. Okay. Maybe a wild card. Okay. Well, yeah, we gotta we gotta ease into it. Like it'll be wild card. Then they'll beat the Saints. Then it'll be Super Bowl. You know, it'll be divisional round win. You know, then they'll they'll win against the Patriots. Then they'll be okay, Super Bowl or bust. So uh, we're just waiting on that from Adnan. But you know, if we're if we win all the way up to the Patriots game, I think we'll all be pretty excited at that point. But uh, yeah, obviously we got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Uh, so this week we did get, let's start off with the big news, obviously, of Calvin Ridley returning to the team. Obviously, that's a, a major a major step uh, for this offense. He's their number one receiver, uh, one of the most potent weapons, if not the most potent on the team. Um, his absence was certainly felt last week. Uh, well, you know, two weeks ago now, technically, uh, with the bye week. But um, Calvin Ridley being back is awesome. Obviously, we all hope that he was able to take the time that he needed to, to get away and, and, and deal with, you know, whatever personal things he needed to, uh, and we're happy to see him back. Uh, but, yeah, I will uh, open the floor up first to to Scott. Uh, yeah, I mean, what is what is Ridley returning? Uh, what, how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously the offense has been starting to get into a groove. They were able to do it a little bit without him even now getting him back. I mean, that could be big. Yeah, I think – it's not even just getting Calvin back. It's, it's, it's having Russell Gage not even listed on the participation report. And you look at what Kyle Pitts was able to do in the Jets game without those two and the fact that just, just throw it in his proximity. That's kind of where we're getting now. Um, so when you have the Falcon skill players at, 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 at full strength, I, I think that could make for some exciting football for, um, for a team that scored 57 points over the course of the last two weeks. I know opposition this and that. You're going up against one of five teams. So um, I'm excited to see uh, how this offense can can kickstart itself and see where it can go after a week of self-start, building on some positive momentum. They're doing well in the red zone. They're moving the ball downfield. They're taking the ball in chunks. Still some obvious areas, um, but I, I think that there's there's cause for optimism. Let's call yeah. it that. Cause yeah. for optimism. Yeah, it's a good time to have these guys coming back. And you mentioned Russell Gage as well. Chris, I want to uh, go to you on this one. I mean, getting these two weapons back, do you think that's going to be a big step for this offense that was already start of, sort of starting to get uh, their their legs under them now in Arthur Smith's system? Yeah, for sure. I think I think as the, the season has progressed, we've seen everyone kind of get more comfortable in Arthur Smith's system. Like the last three games, Matt Ryan has been playing – a lot better than he than he played in the you know in the first two and the offensive line has adjusted you know for Mayfield um, and you know getting getting guys back also you know with Andrews so I think yeah for sure with with Ridley um, and, and Gage back I think this this offense will 
will be like like we like I think most most people expected at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the big things that we were expecting with Arthur Smith coming in were sort of his hallmarks in Tennessee. Uh, and he's absolutely, even though, you know, they went uh, 0% in the red zone in week one, despite that start, there's only two attempts, not that many attempts, but uh, they're now uh, at a really good clip in the red zone. I believe they're, they're uh, I can't remember the exact number, but they're, they're definitely in the, the upper echelons of the league in the red zone efficiency, despite the poor start. Um, so I can only imagine that getting back two of your biggest offensive weapons in, in Gage and Ridley are going to make a big difference there. DW, I'll, I'll go to you on this one. You know, what what are your thoughts on sort of where the offense is now? You know, taking into account these guys coming back, obviously, but we've, we saw it struggle out of the gate, which not, you know, terribly unexpected considering new system and, and new pieces and all that. But um, how are you feeling now going into week seven uh, about the state of the offense? Yeah, look, I'm really optimistic. Um, you know, I tweeted out, uh, after the win against the Jets, this is the first time Matt Ryan has had two games, according to PFF, so take it with a grain of salt by their scoring system. Um, but it's the first time he's had two games of 90-plus grades uh, since 2017. Uh, so he never did it uh, twice in the season under Dirk Cutter, uh, and he's done it two weeks in a row in this system. And it's it's a lot of what we thought, that you know this is going to tailor – uh, a lot more to Ryan's strengths. And now he's getting back two of his uh, best weapons from the year before. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I don't know how the Dolphins look at what's coming and seeing the emergence of Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts finally getting into gear, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, um, and this offensive line not allowing a single sack against the Jets team that came into that game tied for third with 13 sacks on the season. Um, everything seems to be hitting at the right time, and the Falcons come in well-rested uh, and face the Dolphins team that is coming home from London. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this one is really, I think for the first time, it feels like it's really stacked in Atlanta's favor, and uh, it's hard not to be optimistic. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I think there's a lot of nice things going in Atlanta's favor here, which makes me very nervous. Uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> yes. too much is going in Atlanta's favor, perhaps, but... Um, some other notes just from the first official practice report. Um, we did have Caleb McGarry placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. So his status is in doubt for Sunday. Um, we did know, you know, that the Falcons were hundred percent vaccinated. So McGarry being vaccinated means that he has a chance to play, but, um, you know, it would require negative tests and things of that sort. And we can't, you know, we just don't know what will happen there. Obviously we hope that he's okay, that he's healthy and everything's good there. Um, and that he can come back soon. But we also saw, like, uh, Eric Harris uh, probably making his return. Avery Williams limited today. Um, the cup, We had just a couple of guys that were uh, out of practice today. So we're not missing a ton of guys. You know, obviously Dante Fowler not practicing is a little bit concerning. Um, Jalen Hawkins had a great game. Um, a great game uh, last time uh, where he snagged that great interception. But Adnan, I'll go to you here. Any of those other uh, injuries that you're sort of monitoring going into this Dol- Dolphins game? Um, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, it's, uh, as mentioned earlier by Scott, it's great that Russell Gage is not even on the injury report. It's great that Calvin Ridley is going to be back. I'm curious about Jalen Hawkins. Um, from Miami's side, I'm looking at their injury report right now. Uh, also, Dante Fowler missed uh, missed today's practice. But from Miami's side, 
there's like an entire laundry list of uh, <laughs> yeah. of limited practices. I just pulled up their injury report. They didn't have anyone who missed practice, but there's definitely some guys, Byron Jones, uh, Xavier Howard. They're two stud cornerbacks who missed last week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and their uh, the, the lack of their presence was felt with with Trevor Lawrence out in London and them losing that game. Um, Devontae Parker has a hamstring injury, which he uh, it's always iffy when it comes to wide receivers. He's missed the past couple of games. Will Fuller's already on IR. So, like you said, the Falcons have a lot riding in their favor. Yeah, even these guys, even if they play, I don't know if they'd even be at 100%. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something to monitor in, in the next couple of days to see if any of these limited practices end up, uh, going into DNPs, because as we know, if a player goes from limited to did not practice on Thursday or Friday, then, then it yeah. looks rather bleak about whether or not they're going to play. They end up either on the wrong side of questionable, doubtful, or even completely out before Friday's injury report even comes out. So I'll definitely be curious in the next couple of days. Yeah, and you know we we're, we're going to get to more of the Dolphins stuff in a little bit, including you know obviously we'll have to touch on the rumors that Tua Tagovailoa might be leaving the Dolphins. Seems like that was sort of shut down a little bit later tonight, uh, but obviously we'll have to talk about it a little bit at some point. But as Anna mentioned, you know both the Dolphins starting corners Byron Jones, Xavier Howard limited. Uh, both quarterbacks limited, Tua with the ribs and, and Brice, uh, Jacoby Brissett with the hamstring. Uh, we have Austin Jackson with the shoulder, you know, uh, defense tackle John Jackson with the knees. Uh, linebacker Jalen Phillips, uh, their, their top draft pick, great edge rusher. Uh, you know, he's also limited, so there's a lot of questions there. You never really know with limited. Sometimes it's really just sort of a maintenance day. Sometimes it, like Adon said, can lead to, to a DNP. Eric, I'll go to you now. How how are you feeling? So obviously the Falcons are in a better better shape in terms of health. You know we haven't talked about another guy like Marlon Davidson is apparently going to be back for this one as well. But how are you feeling about how these two teams look in terms of health going into Week Seven? Well, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously the Falcons look the more healthy of the two teams right now, um, and you know it's it is a good sign, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, getting those names back like Ridley and Gage and, and and Scott brought up a great point. It was it was very welcoming to see how the offense performed without those two guys in London. Um and and you know if you if you take away the turnovers there, like they were pretty they were pretty close to putting up 40 points in that game if they yeah. were not able to put up 40 points. But I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what how this team um performs with a, a a reasonable bill of health, I'm not going to say a good one because you know a, a couple of names that were sitting out today were were important names. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good to see them on the right side of of health at this point in time. So you know they they entered the bye week on a win, uh, build up some optimism a little bit. You know, uh, a couple of losses in the division. Well, the Panthers losing in the division kind of yeah. helped them out a little bit. Um, so again, it may have raised a few eyebrows and raise some optimism in the locker room. Yeah. Oh. Eric's already looking at a potential division title. I like I'm not, not looking. <laughs> That's your lane. That's your lane. I'm, I'm not, I just, I'm, I'm just, I just know how guys, I just, they, they look at it a certain way. They got to win. They see a division opponent that, that has a loss and now they're what half a game behind. 
So, I mean, it, it drives up the intrigue a little bit more now. So it does. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, this is one of those classic situations where it looks like the Falcons should be sort of in the driver's seat for this game. You know, I, I think you guys have mentioned, like, the Falcons are getting healthier. They're coming off a bye. The Dolphins sort of have everything stacked against them. You know, they just lost, what was it, their fifth straight game, fourth straight game, something like that. Um, you know, kind of a, a heartbreaker to the Jaguars, who are, you know, themselves arguably one of the worst teams in football. Um and they're coming off that London game, uh, and they don't get a bye, which is also weird. Um, so it's 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 really tough for the Dolphins in this one. Um, but this is sort of a classic example of where the old Falcons would have found a way to lose it, and I think that's making a lot of uh, a lot of seasoned veteran fans very nervous. Uh, but Scott, I'll go to you here. You know, how are you feeling about this game? Considering you know, I don't think you've been bludgeoned to death by the Falcons just yet. So you know, as as a neutral observer, we'll say you know how are how are you feeling about this game? Yeah, I definitely don't have the sense of imminent dread. Um, like I'm always being chased by a, by a predator that's faster than me. Uh, that's definitely not how I feel. That's about such it. a great way of describing yes. being the Atlanta sports team. <laughs> uh, that's not how I feel uh, to this point. Um, kind of waiting for the uh, other shoe to drop. But anyway, uh, I did hop on the information superhighway and I took a look at uh, what the internet had to say about red zone efficiency. And I know that that's a sticking point for Falcons fans who have been bludgeoned with poor red zone performance uh yes. they're they're eighth at almost 70 percent last three games 80 percent touchdown clip miami 23rd that's normally in i guess falcons territory yeah. and i think that those are good things and it, and i fully understand that it's going to take a while for the reputation and what has happened so much the you know the the troubles of the past to be washed away um that you need some positive experiences and some different before you can truly get optimistic about this one. But here, okay, so I said all that optimistic stuff, right? Now, here's, <laughs> here's the turn, uh, yes. You know the Dolphins are looking at this as a as a uh, get-right game too, right? That even though they're in trouble, like they're seeing Falcons team, you know, not quite established yet, working out some things. We can get right right here, right? That we can turn things around. That's why I think that – Look, they, they are one in five. They're struggling. I, that was a great point that how long their their injury list is coming off. There's a lot of things working against them right now. At the same time, right, they are playing at home, and I, I just think that they could look at this as, as a, a way to get right. And the one thing that we haven't seen from the Falcons, we've seen really good sequences and series of, of play. We have not seen the type of put your you know foot on the – neck type of a situation yeah. or that's a terrible analogy but you know what i'm saying yeah like, yeah mm -hmm. terrible i'm really sorry about, about that what, I, what i'm trying <laughs> to say is where, where they really come out and like you know uh dominate that they could have done that against the jets right hayden hurst fumbles now we're in a different scenario yeah. uh nonetheless uh they need to come out and do that right that this is a team that could be excited uh could really look at this as a get right game you can eliminate that hope in the second quarter uh if you play this game right yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 that's fine. Um, and I think, what is it, the around the NFL podcast, you know, they, they like to talk about the wounded animal game or whatever. Now, usually that comes when you're 0 2. Uh, the Dolphins have lost five straight, so they're kind of a little bit past the wounded animal game at this point. But it's the same principle. Like, this is a team that, 
you know, is probably feeling a little bit down and out, but they're, they're looking to rebound and, you know, nobody in the NFL just packs it in and heads home. Like that just, that's just not a thing. I think, um, I think the last, I think the last time we saw the Falcons actually apply that type of pressure to a team that they were better than was probably, probably the season finale of the 2016 season where they, wow. had, they had the, the saints uh, under 500 saints team and they pretty much took them to the woodshed. Um, yeah. And 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 again, that's another fair point that Scott brings up because if you're just looking at depth charts and talent, this is a much more talented team than the Jets. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, is this a situation where you know the Falcons can look at a one and five team and say, "Hey, we're better than them. Let's let's go ahead and put them out of their misery." I don't. I'm not sure because again, they couldn't really do that against the Jets, and now they have a much more talented opponent here, in my opinion that is playing for a lot right now. I mean, their coach is on the hot seat. There's some trade rumors that are floating in the air around the team <laughs> <Yeah>. now. So <laughs> they're playing they're playing for something too right now. And remember the Dolphins won ten games last year. They like did. this was a really, yeah. really good team. And up until that season finale where they lost to Buffalo, they were right in that playoff hunt. And yeah, like Eric said, this team is much better than the Jets. Uh not a huge believer in Tua, but he's much better than Zach Wilson is at this stage in their respective careers. But man, I just can't get over the fact that they really had to travel to London and now they have to play immediately after that. Yeah. And not only did they have to travel to London, that was a massive letdown to lose to the Jaguars at the last second like that, a game that they were probably banking on winning the same way that the Falcons were banking on beating the Jets and, you know, to kind of, get back on track a little bit and it just didn't happen that was jacksonville's first win of the season I don't, they, I don't, and, and i don't think we've seen that before where the team goes to london and doesn't have a bye week like that's yeah that's significant it really yeah, and, is and when's the last time there was like a scheduling quirk that worked out in the falcons favor too <laughs> those have been rare this year that's for sure uh considering that the falcons you know technically only got seven home games because you know uh london's kind of a neutral field situation and they are they already had you know eight uh, only you know eight technical home games uh and versus nine away because it's an uneven number of games this year so it's it's nice to get maybe a break here you know luckily the falcons did win the london game at the neutral site but um oh it's technically our first home win of the season it's uh, it's uh, registered <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> but uh yeah it's it is very very dangerous to go out there with the mentality and i'm talking about the players I, i'm gonna have this mentality all week but that mentality of, oh, yeah, we're going to go out there and we're going to slaughter them. Because remember the last time the Falcons were coming off a bye and playing the Miami Dolphins, uh, <laughs> it was the 2017 season oh where their, I think their strength and conditioning coach got caught snorting coke or something. Yes. Uh, like, yeah. yep. before the, game. the cocaine game, yeah. <laughs> the Falcons <laughs> were coming off a bye and the Dolphins like came back from down 17-0 to when in overtime so no, yeah it, it's it, man, it's always man, dangerous to get ahead of yourselves with man that. did we kick our feet up before that game oh man that was we, that we was a mistake good. we felt yeah. good going into that one hey man they're gonna yep. get this this is gonna be oh yeah no we got this we got this we for got sure this. yeah yeah what a mistake yeah yeah no that's that's what Solera was saying with his donation uh thank you Solera. he said yeah last time the falcons looked like they were gonna do good against the dolphins don't forget they had uh, jay cutler adam gase and the coach that was doing coke in the facility and we still uh, lost after that 17-0 lead so 17-0 man yep 
Yeah, hopefully we won't have to deal with that again. Uh, also, we have Ray Moon chiming in with the $5. Ray, thank you so much, man. He says, he's he's confident. He says, Matt Ryan will turn the Dolphins to blubber. So, uh, Ray is expo- expressing the positivity here. So, thank you, Ray, for bringing that. But, yeah, um, Chris, I know you're not necessarily a scarred Falcons fan either. So, how are you sort of feeling going into this matchup about how this looks, at least from your perspective? Well, I mean, I think... I think for a lot of the reasons, I kind of agree with, I don't know who said it, but I think that the the Dolphins are looking at this game exactly how the Falcons are looking at this game. Um, I think the Dolphins are thinking we should win this game. Um, and they're also angry. You know, they're, that's a long flight back to London after losing to Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in the way they lost. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it don't, I, I wouldn't underestimate, you know, an angry team who should have a bye week took a long angry flight back from london who want to really come to who really want who you you know you're going to the, and they really want to you know kick your behind you know this is an it, i would be angry you know if i was this team and i think that that's going to fuel them this week i think if um if xavier if xavier howard and you know byron jones they were limited um Devontae parker was limited if, if if they are back you know it's not the same team um so yeah i think not not saying I, I don't think the Falcons are going to win. I just think this is kind of I don't want to use the phrase like a trap game or something like that. But it's it it's like one of those games where you think, you know, it, it might be a walk in the park. Right. But, you know, don't, I really wouldn't underestimate this Dolphins team, a frustrated Dolphins team uh, really in need of a win. Like they said, they won 10 games last year. This would drop them to one and six. You know, people might be getting fired if that happens. So they, they, they need, they need this game. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, I, I, I like what you said there. Both of these teams are going into this game. Like, Oh yeah, this other team is bad. Like we should beat them. Um, and like the Falcons have definitely looked better as of late, but there's, there's still just two and three, you know, this is not like the Falcons aren't exactly a juggernaut going into this game or anything like that. So, um, you know, this is, this is not, a time to be overconfident to sort of start feeling yourself saying like, Oh yeah, we're going to win this game for sure. And I, you know, to be frank, I don't think that they're feeling that way. I mean, I think everyone in that building knows they're two and three, you know, they got a long way to go to being considered a a good football team. So, um, I, I agree basically with everything you said. I I like, I like how you phrased it. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it worries me because, you know, uh, under Dan Quinn, this is the type of game that they would lose. Um, because it's, it, I don't know what it was with Dan Quinn, but coming off a they, bye, they, they lost just, literally exactly this game under Dan literally this exact game, yeah. Um, and it, Dark Falcons fan strikes again, man. He's already going back to the past. <laughs> yep, I can't, I can't leave the past. I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. I'm trapped by my own shadow. But um, you know, I think this is honestly a good opportunity for Arthur Smith to show how he's different. You know, um, I think if he if he does secure this game and you know even better if he's able to sort of win convincingly you know that would definitely go a long way to sort of quieting falcons fans fears that you know we're just gonna live the same life uh under smith and you know we can't really draw any conclusions from from five games but um you know i i like where the team is trending to say the least but um yeah go ahead i I don't the dolphins you know again looking at the record you can look at them and say yeah they're one in five but for their losses have been by a combined 16 points or no 17 points. So they were, I mean, they're literally a play or two away from beating the Raiders in overtime. You know, they lost, I believe they lost to the Patriots by a point. Oh, point, they beat the Patriots. They did. They beat the Patriots. I'm sorry. Who, who did they lose to by a point then? Let me look at it real quick. I'm sorry. Um, 
Oh, uh, they lost to the Jags by three. The Raiders lost by to the Jags three. by three, right? Yeah. And they they lost to the Colts by ten. So again, they were still a couple plays away from from having that record, you know, flipped. Um, and 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 Chris pointed it out very well. He put it very very uh very openly there. Like that, this is a team that is on paper they're good, talented. They're talented. They know that they're only a few plays away from having a much better record than one and five. And and you know it's it's kind of sort of easy to look at them and say like yeah they're they're you know a wounded duck right now. But you never know, man. They might be a beehive. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of stuff being said on that plane on the way back. Um, and now, now you got to talk about these trade rumors for the next couple of days, which you probably don't want to talk about. You want to just get on the field and play some football. So yeah, they, they might have a little angry opponent this Sunday. Yeah. I think yeah. also before we Kev, I just played no, one of, I think yeah, also yeah. in the London game, Tua also played one of his, his best games, one of his best game, arguably in his career passing, um, wise with, just passing the tight ends, like you're throwing to Matt Collins and Gasecki and yeah. someone else who I'd never heard of. So I, yeah. so I, he, <laughs> so I think you know he's he's also come, coming off a, a good game. Gusecki's, yeah, I agree. Gasecki scares me. Yeah, and and they're finally, yeah. they're finally with Tua starting to actually utilize Jalen Waddle. He was just being completely wasted with uh, Brissett because Jacoby Brissett just would not throw the ball downfield. And, you know, we've seen it. Uh, Waddle's two best games this season have both come with uh, two under center. Last game, he had uh, a couple touchdowns, uh, season high 70 yards. Uh, they're really, really utilizing him around the red zone, uh, around the end zone. They're they're scheming him open. And, yeah. you know, why wouldn't they? This is, this is, after all, the number six overall pick. They're looking at Jalen Waddle with the same optimism that we have with Kyle Pitts. Uh, as you know, a potential, you know, savior of this team when it comes to skill position weapons and a future number one overall, number one wide receiver for them. Yeah. So you know that matchup with Waddle is going to be really interesting for the Falcons. I'm I'm curious to see how our slot guys do against them because you know they're not just going to completely line them up out wide to go to go up against AJ Terrell. They're going to be moving them around all over the pocket. I think. There was a play last week where they had him. I know definitely his first touchdown of the season, he was in the backfield. And off a play action, he leaked out to the left against the Patriots for his first touchdown of his career. So they're really going to put him all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me get to uh, some more donations here before we continue the conversation. So George Costanza has a game prediction for us. George with the $5. Thank you so much, George. Uh, He says... All right, he's got ATL 37, Miami 17. I think this is the game we finally hit on all cylinders on offense, and Miami continues being Miami's. Also, he says, let's go Braves, and he wants to know what you're drinking tonight, Adnan. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have anything new. It's the same orange drink as before. I, I'm just, just really, We should get that orange drink to sponsor you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they know about the show or who we are, given that they're in Eastern Europe. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really good, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, well, that, that could be a great opportunity for them to expand their market, you know, over here to the States. Get it going. I so. just got to know, are we splitting these tips six ways? Is that how that's happening? What? Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, the show's over. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's actually Dave Chode who takes all of the tips. For yeah, himself. no. Dave Dave uh, says that we can't run this. If, if he wasn't behind the controls, we couldn't do anything. So, you know, Dave just takes all of our tips like the overbearing manager. So, <laughs> no, Dave is very good. He already took our food from us. Yep. 
You put me in that broom closet when I was at training camp, so maybe stay in the boiler oh. room. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that's a very that's a very uh, ambitious prediction, George. I hope it comes true. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I like how this game is lining up. Um, I'm just surprised, honestly, because we, we talked about it. We mentioned it earlier, but the, the Dolphins were a 10-win team last year, and their defense was one of the best in the league. This year... Not the case. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out like what is wrong with this Dolphins team. Obviously, you lose your starting quarterback; that makes a big difference. But like with the defense oh, yeah. in particular, yeah, there's definitely a combination of injuries and you know uh, just the coaching inability, um, which is why a guy like Brian Flores is considered to be you know coaching for his job at this point. To be honest with you, um, and it, and it kind of sort of it kind of sort of plays a part in why you see a team like them that's so bogged down in these trade rumors that I keep mentioning. Um, if you haven't, for some reason, if you haven't paid attention, but there apparently there is a, a rumor that they may be on the verge of making a trade for Deshaun Watson. So, you know, a team that is, you know, has talent across the board, yet they're still kind of wrapped around this type of trade room. It just goes to show where they are as a franchise, where they are as a team. Like they, to the point where they need to possibly pull a trigger like this to get things going. So. Uh, yes. also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say just, um, I haven't seen a lot of the dolphins, but I watched the game last week, obviously because we were off, but in last week's game, the thing that stood out to me most was, um, Brian Flores blew through two challenges in one minute. One minute of wow. things that were obviously not—they were not going to win. Like I don't know where the intel. Like don't I, you know? They have someone telling them in their ear or advising him to to challenge it. Maybe he just went against that, and <laughs> because um, so so j- just from that moment, I think um, you know that that kind of decision. I, I'm not sure if that's in, you know indicative of how he's been the entire year, but. That was just an example to me of, you know, how he kind of, you know, steered them in the wrong direction, at least last week. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important thing to consider, like the coaching angle. Um, I know someone else was was had something to uh, to get to as well. So whoever that was, I, I can't remember. I think that also ties in with his mismanagement last year of the quarterback position, which is kind of sort of what, you know, prevented from either guy getting a rhythm. So, so yeah, Chris, the, the whole – his management of, of everything has has definitely been questioned a lot over the past couple yeah. of years. And even going beyond Brian Flores, just on the field, their offensive line has struggled. Um, yeah, yeah. Jesse Davis, Liam Eichenberg, and Austin Jackson are three guys all with very poor PFF pass blocking grades. Eichenberg and Jackson, they have sub-40 pass blocking grades according to PFF. Um Eichenberg's given up four sacks this year. Jesse Davis, uh, and these are their two tackles, by the way, has given up two sacks. Uh, they've given up a number, a number of quarterback hurries, quarterback hits. Uh, their center rotation of Michael Deiter and, and Greg Mance has been solid. But, man, their tackles have just been getting work this season. And uh, their run game has pretty much been non-existent up. Uh, 
I have no idea where Miles Gaskin went. They are not utilizing him at all. At all. Yeah, he killed us in the preseason, man. He was blasted this defense. Yeah, uh, and and it's like they really, really like uh, Malcolm Brown, and it's the same thing with the Rams last year. Yeah. I don't know what this infatuation is with Malcolm Brown, and you know Malcolm Brown is a fine running back. Uh, it's probably his really, really great pass blocking, which coach, which coaches love. But man. <laughs> Teams just do not give their best players uh, their their best run. They're they're outsmarting themselves with this. It, it's the same thing with the Rams, who with Sean McVay, who was not giving Cam Akers carries last year because he wanted to get Malcolm Brown involved. Same thing with the Dolphins this year. They need to start letting Miles Gaskin start letting him get loose, and instead they they put him into this committee with Savon Ahmed and Malcolm Brown, which is really one of the weakest committees in the NFL, and it's turned this running game into maybe the worst running game in the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah, it's really quite rough. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, yeah, I want to get to DW here because I haven't heard his dulcet tones in a moment. But uh, DW, you know, speaking of the poor offensive line of Miami, the Falcons, you know, Dante Fowler are not practicing thus far this week. Is this a matchup the Falcons can take advantage of here, possibly getting pressure uh, on the Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. I I mean, possibly. This looks a lot like the New York Giants game did. And it's all about matchups. You know, it's about where your best players match up with their guys. And uh, I would still take Grady Jarrett over most offensive guards in this league um, outside of, you know, a select handful, including one that plays for the Falcons. And I look at the guards for the Dolphins, and I think there's that is a matchup that favors the Falcons. High and, praise for Jalen Mayfield, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, I, it, again, it's about the matchups. Even the Fowler is out, and I, you know, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, it all starts with Grady. And let's be honest, Grady has not even been at his best this year. We know he's actually capable of even more than what he's done. Like, he's been good. But Grady, when he hits on all cylinders, is one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. And I think that's, that is going to be where if they're going to shut down the Dolphins' offense, which incidentally has only scored more than 21 points once this year. Yeah. Um, so that's something to, to keep in mind. You know, We're talking about everything they've done, and they, they've struggled on offense. Um, if they're going to get to to Tua and shut down this this offense. I think it starts with Grady. It's going to start in the middle of that offensive line, and I think I I like that matchup. Um, and that that's what I'm keying in on because if if we start to give this quarterback a lot of time in the pocket, I think you know it's going to be a long afternoon for our secondary. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they have to get some kind of pressure, but it's like I think. You know, it, there, it gets a little dicey because with guys like Tua that are mobile, you know, they can evade the pressure. And we we saw the Falcons really struggle with that against the Eagles in particular. But they also have a really poor offensive line. So uh, this is like the sort of 
the sort of matchup with a young, inexperienced offensive line where you think that the blitzes from DMPs can really have some effectiveness, but it's dangerous against a mobile quarterback to send too many guys. So we'll have to well, see how they that, tackle that. Yeah, That's why that pressure up the middle is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're coming off the edge and that guy can scramble to the other edge, if, and this is what happened with the Eagles. Um, we weren't pressuring up the middle. We were getting around the edge, but he was able to uh, you know, get outside the pocket. But if you can bring it up the middle – I don't care how quick that quarterback is when he's got that pressure immediately in his face, as opposed to coming from one side or the other, that's, that is, that is very difficult, even for the most athletic quarterbacks to overcome. Um, And I think, again, that's why I just keep keying in on, you know, what does the interior of that offensive line look like for the dolphins? And there's, they've got some weaknesses and um, I'm sure Dean P sees that. Uh, if I'm the Falcons, I'm, I'm going to use stunts and twists to try to disrupt the inside of that offensive line. I'm going to send some, you know, another guy to watch, Deion Jones. I, I would look at what you're going to do as far as you know a gap blitzes to try to, uh, you know, take advantage of that situation. So yeah, for me, it's disrupt up the middle, and you're going to have a really good chance of of limiting the the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let me get to a couple more donations here. Thank you guys again for for those. We really appreciate that. So from Brandon Brass, with the $3. Yeah, just, you know, printing that money. You know, this is the big this is the big bucks here. With Brandon Brass with the $3. Uh, he says, <laughs> uh, so last time we saw Ridley, we saw him drop a few throws. Uh, are we sure he's a wide receiver one? Do you think he needs more practice? Um, I mean, I think the whole, like, is he a wide receiver one thing is, like, a little bit of a silly debate because he kind of like is the wide receiver one, but also with this team, it's like, does it really matter who's like the quote unquote wide receiver one? Because this, I feel like this is more of like a spread it around 2016 style Falcons, as opposed to like a Julio Jones is catching 200 targets, sort of uh 2015 Falcons offense. And I think that's healthier as an offense as a whole, but um, you know, I, I do think Ridley, you know, needs to be a little bit more reliable with the hands. And, you know, I think we'd all certainly like him to turn up field with some of these catches <laughs> a little bit sooner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, he's, he's really auditioning for an extension here. So it, it's, it's kind of on him to, to get back to his previous high levels of play and really demonstrate that he needs, yeah. He, he, yeah, go ahead. I, I think that question, I think what people are actually asking is, is Calvin Ridley the next Julio Jones? And I feel like that's so unfair um, and that is, it's, you know, Julio was amazing. He's not here anymore. Uh, for those of you who are still crying about it, I'm sorry. Uh, we can't <laughs> fix that. Um, but you don't have to be a Julio Jones to be a top wide receiver in this league. And yeah. I think that's, that is where that question is geared. And uh, at least in my opinion, uh, and I think Calvin knows he can clean up some stuff and clean up the drops, but I don't think there's any question that he has the talent to be a top receiver in this league. Uh, my follow-up question, DW, is is Kyle Pitts the next Julio Jones? <laughs> Kyle Pitts is the next Calvin Johnson. Yes. To the right. Go. I, I still, take that. I'm still, I'm still grieving a little bit over Julio, DW. So thank we you all for yeah. reopening, reopening that. Well, do, and I had you to need a hug? Monday night football. You need a hug, buddy? Yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> big sad big sad but yeah. uh yeah no i mean I, th- I think the future is bright for this offense um and i'd, I'd like calvin really to be a part of it um but with the, the financial situation the team's in among other things you know what we'll to see um i, th- I, I think did, he knows that too so at, at this point to be quite honest with you because of how everything played out i'm more concerned about his mental state is he he's here physically but is he here mentally is he back on the team mentally that's that's what i really care you know the the drops and the catches and all that type of stuff and his role in offense that'll play itself out but is he 
back? Is his head, you know, back in the game here? And is, is he ready to focus? Um, because this, this team, with his ability, this offense, you know, it can definitely uh, be a, a, a very, very solid one, a very formidable one if he's able to to be back to his normal self. So that's what I'm more concerned about. The drops or whatever, like I said, that'll work itself out at some point. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the drops drops are kind of a random thing. I mean, we see that, that you know there are some certainly receivers that are drop prone, but Ridley's not really one. So I don't think that's going to be a long term. It was it was a red flag for him coming out of Alabama, and it wasn't something that you saw. It wasn't a reoccurring thing. You know, at, you know, at the beginning stages of his career in Atlanta, it wasn't it wasn't an issue until really this year. Honestly. It, it wasn't something that, that showed itself very frequently. So that's why it really came as a surprise to a lot. Like, man, really, he's dropping some some things that we've seen him catch with his eyes closed. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hope that he was able to take the time away uh, that he needed right. to, to to get his head right. You know, and I, I think mental right. health is really important. Um, right. And, you know, I hope that, that taking that time away uh, was able to help him and that it's I think ultimately the best thing for everyone going forward you know and I, I appreciate the team sort of giving him the the ability to do that um, and I, I think you know I think we will see lots of good things from Ridley over the remainder of the year and hopefully starting this week once again um, <laughs> George stands with three dollars complaining about his one in five record in our uh, patron fantasy league that's a big big ouch there George uh, he's starting Zach Wilson as his quarterback in fantasy now Oh my uh, God, so, George! Yeah, that's, that's why you won in five. Well, we we're, it's a two QB I league, right? So, yeah, you, yeah. I promise you, there's a better option out there, even if it is QB. Meanwhile, while even we're on Davis Mills, QB. yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> while we're on the topic, I am four and two in that same. League. Oh yes, well, I think I lost. I think I lost a game in that league by like point zero four. Then I just raged, and then I stopped caring. No, I'm just kidding. I do care. But, um, you know, it, it's rough. It's rough out there on those fantasy streets. Uh, a lot of players on IR right now, especially if you took Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, thank you. That has so been I our... Gotta take, so I got to take Derrick Henry in the first yeah, round. Right. Thank you, guys. That has I been our like fantasy minute. Yes. <laughs> our fantasy minute where we check in on all things fantasy. Moving forward, um, Corey Carter with a $5. He says, all right, so this is a, a defensive game plan question about the game. He says, so do you think we put a spy on Tua, and how do you think we defend Gusecki? Uh, trying to get through this without hearing the Braves score. Yes. All right, Corey. Yeah, uh, that, those are great questions. I will open the floor to, to anyone that wants to take those on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that you have to spy Gusecki, necess- or uh, excuse me, Tua. Yeah necessarily um but he's not exactly jalen hurts yeah he's not and it and it it still depends a lot of it still depends as well as far as his health you know he's still nursing some some tender ribs there and i'm pretty sure the team is not necessarily drawing up you know run plays for him at this point so maybe you you may not need to necessarily spy him but you definitely need to be a little a little more discipline as a unit with a guy like Tua on the field. As far as Gasecki goes, the guy's a mismatch, man. He's six six with a great wingspan, and he finds ways to get open. He's not going to win foot races, but he's he's a very crafty route runner for a guy his size. And again, you just throw it in his area, and he's able to come down with it. Has great hands, but I don't. I'm not sure if anyone on the Falcons have that type of difference maker that can match up with Gasecki one-on-one, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I mean, you think in theory, you know, someone like Deion Jones could be a good matchup on him because of his speed, but you know, I guess like he would have the size advantage there. Um, just the size and strength is gonna is gonna win out on on a number of occasions in a matchup like that. So yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. But yeah, I, I guess for me, I wouldn't probably spy Tua because he's not really the type of guy that just takes off and runs all the time, like someone like Jalen Hurts, to where it's really necessary. But you know, I, I probably play more zone to keep make sure that you limit the scrambling. But. Depending on where he's lined up, because he's Miami does move him around a lot. This may be a situation. I'm pretty sure DMP's probably thought about this as far as possibly chipping Gasecki off the line a few yeah. times just to kind of slow him down, just to prevent him from getting into his route, and that you know somewhat takes away a read from from Tua. So we'll yeah. we'll see how it goes. That's that's one way to yeah. kind of sort of end up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's certainly worth mentioning that. The Falcons on defense are actually, you know, if you don't look at the points allowed, and I think the points allowed is, you know, a little bit rough for the Falcons because obviously they allowed two pick sixes and a kick return touchdown. So that it's a little bit inflated. Uh, but if you look at their yardage allowed, uh, they're 13th right now in total yardage allowed on defense. Uh, they are currently, uh, what is it, in passing uh, 14th in passing, 244 yards a game. And in rushing, they're right about in that same, yeah, 12th in rushing yardage, uh, 108 yards a game allowed. So obviously that game against the Jets helps things. But, um, you know, they are not the uh, sort of league-worst passing defense that we saw last year. Um, and they, they are certainly capable of sort of holding their own and, and getting some key stops, which is nice to see. And um, that was sort of what I, I was looking for from Dean Pease. Like, this is a man who's never really coordinated a bad defense. And I, I didn't think, even with the, the you know, talent level on Atlanta's defense not necessarily being the greatest in the league. Uh, I still figured he'd, he'd put a competent unit on the field, and I, th- I think that's what we're seeing, and that's very encouraging to me. But, you know, you mentioned it, Eric. A couple of people mentioned it too. The Dolphins are really struggling on offense. So this could provide a good matchup in terms of just sort of the defense having a good game. Um, and the Dolphins on defense haven't been anywhere near as good uh, as we were, were expecting, as we mentioned earlier in the game. I mean, the Dolphins right now, the Falcons are allowing 29.6 points per game, and that's 31st in the league. The Dolphins are allowing 29.5 points per game. <laughs> so just 0.1 point per game less than the Falcons. Uh, they're 30th. So, you know, this is also a, a defense that's giving up a lot of points, a lot of yards. I believe they're uh, 30th in total yardage allowed. So they've been nowhere near the defense we expected. You know, it, and we talked about this, with with everything else, it, things seem to be lining up. Is this is like a this is a vulnerable team? They're coming off a you know a week where they were just in London. Everything's looking good. I just don't know why I can't feel confident about this game um, because uh, everything seems to be lining up. The Falcons are sort of coming off one of their best games where they they should have hung forty points on um, you know the 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 Jets if not for some fumbles. Um, but I'm still nervous. So. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Uh, I, I feel like uh, uh, everything should be fine, right? <laughs> it really feels like Falcons fans don't believe they should have nice things, right? Yes, and then like, exactly. if something's given to them, they're like, this doesn't belong to me. It's too pretty and shiny. I have to drop it and give it away. There's an instant sense of dread and panic. Uh, I understand There's uh, there are feelings like that. It makes sense to me. Um, and, you know, and, and I get the guarded 
optimism that we're kind of sensing here. It all makes sense. I think everybody's made good points of, of, about that. I did kind of, I don't want to veer too, uh, too far, Kev, off of what you were going to talk about, but um, I, I thought it was, it was a kind of interesting day at, at Falcons practice because it, it was basically like rookies at the podium day. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, Chris talked to uh, Kyle Pitts. I talked to Richie Grant. Tori talked to uh, Ade uh, Ogundeji. It was a lot of these younger guys that are making these types of impacts, right? Pretty positive stuff. We even saw Grant get involved. Um, and we are seeing these younger players get more involved. You guys mentioned Mayfield. I think that's another reason for, for this guarded optimism. And while I think Matt Ryan kind of got – he got killed on social media for saying we're, that we're going to be better in October and November uh, over September. And Falcons fans were like, that means that you're going to suck, right? Like you're going <laughs> to suck right now. The world's going to suck. Like, the world's going to end. Okay. I, I think he was just trying to say that we're going to evolve. And the, yeah. I, I think the, the types of small progressions that we're seeing from these, from these rookies, I think has been pretty impressive. Even if you look at Grant, he comes in, he's played nickel before. He was, he was a functional, competent slot cornerback for yeah. a while. Darren Hall was too. Um, Chris has a, has a good piece on Kyle Pitts coming up tomorrow. Shameless plug number one. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, I think it was just really interesting to see these guys are mature. They get it. And whether they knew it before they became pros or they've been taught this, these guys are living in the moment. I actually asked uh, Grant, to go over his Jets tape, and he's like, I don't look backwards, right? That, that That's kind of the mentality that they have. And I think that that's just as encouraging, I would say, as any of these other reasons for, for, for optimism, that these young guys are starting to get it. It's starting to click, maybe not superstar talent-wise, but uh, we're starting to see good things. I mean, obviously Pitts, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's something else, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, something he's, a, he's a special player, but it, it's been nice to see some of these other guys making these small uh, contributions and you, you can watch them get better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think the rookies coming and, and playing bigger roles is something that a lot of fans have been hoping to see. Um, and we did see that last week, you know, a lot of guys were forced onto the field due to injuries. Um, you know, Richie Grant got to play meaningful defensive snaps for pretty much the first time this year. Um, we got to see Darren Hall too. Um, and, and, you know, I think they acquitted themselves well, uh, obviously it was against the Jets, but I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, the Jets had the worst ever offensive game or anything like that. So, um, you know, they, they, they certainly mounted a, a furious, uh, comeback there and then tried their best to, to close it out even if they couldn't. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's a big deal to see the rookies starting to make more contributions. And that goes from Kyle Pitts all the way down to Avery Williams, you know, um, and, I agree with what you said too, Scott, about the small incremental improvements, because I think that's what's going to be absolutely key. And I think the really good teams that end up being relevant in December, they don't play their best football in September. They play their best football in November and December. And they, that's exactly what happened to the 2016 Falcons. They didn't, the 2016 Falcons didn't start out as this juggernaut. They were, you know, we were, had the pitchforks out for Kyle Shanahan after a couple games that year before things started to turn around. And I, I don't Remember that Bucks game? <laughs> oh man, that was that was dark were, times. And they yeah. were they were four and three after yep. seven weeks, coming mm-hmm. off a loss to the Chargers. So yeah, they yep. they didn't really hit their stride to halfway into the year. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that sort of you know I'm not saying this is 2016, but I think that sort of slow right. start. We're not no, that. we're not saying that. I'm saying that sort of slow start where they they start off you know 
not playing where we think they should be. And then they slowly sort of improve um, and, and get a little bit better every week. And then if, if that continues, you get to the point where, oh, this team is like special. Like this team's becoming a juggernaut right before our eyes. And I'm still a ways off from thinking that's going to happen this year. But I think going from week one and two, where this team was like getting blasted off the field against the Eagles and, you know, playing a closer game to the Bucks, but just falling apart completely in the fourth quarter to like, you know, the narrow win against the Giants where they probably should have lost that game, but they pulled it together, won at the last second. And, you know, that's always, you got to win those sometimes, those ugly games. Uh, to a game against Washington where they looked like the better team pretty much throughout and then blew it. Uh, and then finally against the Jets where they actually did look like the better team and then they didn't blow it. So, um, you know, these are all, this is all trending in the right direction. And honestly, I think I would prefer it to go like this. For my head coach, you know, Arthur Smith starting 2-3, and three, obviously not ideal. Dan Quinn was started 5-0, and oh, and you guys all remember what happened after that. I would rather start 2-3, and three, play my best football later, than start 5-0 and oh, and then collapse. That's just my personal opinion. But, <laughs> I mean, obviously you don't know when you go 5-0 and oh that you're going to collapse, but um, that that's what happened. So I'd, I'd rather not do that again. So at least now I'm not, you know, high on a 5-0 and oh start to, to see everything crumble. Uh, I, think, I think they only have... They can only go up from here, you know, two and three. They're certainly in the mix. You know, we haven't even talked about the the picture of the NFC right now. And we're like a way, way, way far away from talking about how the playoffs are going to shake out. But there are so many teams that are like two and two and three, three and two, you know, in that sort of window of being just right around 500 that anything could happen. Like if the Falcons string together some wins, they're going to be right in the thick of things. And by the same token, they lose a bunch of games. They'll be out of it just as quickly. But, you know, I, I think we, we've got a lot of football left to play. And I think um, I'm hoping that the Falcons' best football is ahead of them. That's where I'm, where I'm at. But, Eric, you're smiling. What, what do you, what is it? <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> you're talking playoffs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine to feel optimistic about this team, you know, given how they played and to be quite honest with you with the way that the season has shaped itself so far they should be they should be four and one to be honest <laughs> it should have beat washington they definitely should be washington they they should have beat washington and looking at how philly has played recently and how they still cannot get their you know get their their offense on track like they should have how, how did they managed to give up 32 points week one uh, week, week one is always an anomaly <laughs> it, is, Every, it is the bills uh lost in week one and look at them since so you have to you have to take week one and throw it out or else you're crowning someone for the super bowl that's going to end up like you know sub 500 no like the saints <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, so yeah so so it's fine to be optimistic about them i i just want to i just i want people to fans to approach with a little caution here yeah, um yeah you know this this isn't by any means is it a super bowl juggernaut team in my opinion you know i, I coming into the season i felt like they were going to be a team that's kind of hovering around that 500 mark last couple of weeks of the season possibly being in the wild card talk maybe but um yeah let's let's kind of hold our horses a little bit for playoffs and and when i say that i i'm staring directly at Adnan about this. <laughs> so don't let a solid first half against Miami 
spark you into thinking like, man, this team can Back go on be up seventeen zero in the first half. And they you know can it. win the division <laughs> if they just do this. Uh-huh. This, this. Like it's, uh, all right, two two points. One, I, I'm I'm conceding the division. The Bucks are too good. The Bucks are yeah, incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not even looking at the division. And two, I've already, uh, I, I've already made a promise to the viewers that I will not talk playoffs until this team is above 500. <laughs> okay. So it That's will fair. not be the first half against the Dolphins. However, when this team beats the Dolphins and when they beat the Panthers next week, I'm starting that conversation. There we go. That's fair. You I see, think. You see how he said that, right? Yeah. When they beat him, he didn't. When, yeah. <laughs> when That's confidence right there. Yeah. All so right. we know who to blame if things go south. It's odd, not as. And the Braves are rolling right now. I am brimming with confidence. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah. See, there we go. Now we know who to blame. That's. Uh, he's at say which way on Twitter, folks. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Go ahead. Building on what Scott was. Uh, pointing out earlier with the rookies, I, I think the other thing to look at when you're talking about the future of this team, because I, I think, you know, if you're looking, I, I'm looking at the 2021 season as what are they doing now to build for the long term? And not to say that they're not going to do anything and that they're out of the playoffs or anything of that sort, but this is a new regime and it's about what they're doing from a player development standpoint. I'm looking at these second year guys. Look at AJ Terrell, he is turning into a phenomenal corner. Um, Jalen Hawkins, we may have found a starting safety for 2022 that we got in the fourth round last year. Matt Hennessy at center has he has really uh, just solidified and, and you know taken that spot. Like these second year guys have really developed somewhat quickly. And you know, I've said it before, a lot of these guys are functional rookies because they just did not have a normal 2020 season that many of these young guys have had this year. And that gives me a little bit more hope that we're seeing uh, additional young guys getting snaps, uh, becoming starters, becoming quality starters on top of all that. Not just our rookies, not just Kyle Pitts and and Mayfield and the rest, but we're seeing these other young guys who are also going to be part of the future plans. So for me, you know, it's whether or not they win this next game or make it to the playoffs and, you know, Adnan is driving us crazy with playoff predictions. I'm looking at the long-term outlook and there are a lot of pieces that you can point to and say, Hey, they're, they're beginning to construct a roster here. That's got some youth. That's got some players and they're doing it the way you want to see it done. They're doing it by developing guys that they got in the draft. Um, and that's one of the things I'm sort of hanging my hat on. So Scott said it, but I want to add on to that because I feel like these second year guys are sort of getting over- overlooked by the fact that we have a lot of good rookies um, but they're they're making a contribution. They're making it in a big way. Yeah, and that's even more important considering you know the salary cap next year is slightly better than this year. Um, they still got a lot of work to do on that. But um, you know they're going to need to to have a lot of key contributors be on these rookie deals um, next year too. Um, and they're going to need you know veterans, cheap veterans to step up. And and they're so far they've they've been able to to cobble it together this year. Um, and, you know, I know the that, uh, you know, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have said, you know, they're competing now. I've always sort of viewed this as more of like a stepping stone here. You know, we're not going to use the word rebuilding because, you know, I think they were very adamant that they didn't want to use that word. But maybe call it a stepping stone here where you're, you're, you're sort of stepping across the river to, to relevance. And this is like the first step on the path. And I think that they can certainly be 
sort of a frisky team this year. Um, and a lot of that is going to come down. Yeah. I know you like that one, DW. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one's for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think that this will be a, t- <laughs> a team that, uh, that is in the mix. And I think, Honestly, as Falcons fans, I think if they're just in the mix, like, late in the season for a change, that's all we really want. Like, I don't need them to go from, like, 4-12 and 12 to being, like, a juggernaut in one year. I mean, that would be great. Like, please do that. But, you know, I don't need it. If you could just not have a starting draft takes in October, that would be fantastic. And so far, it looks like we're going to make it uh, <laughs> without having to start doing mock drafts in October. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just refreshing even even having this conversation you know, whereas at this point last year, we were talking about, you know, c- could the Falcons potentially pick top three and what quarterback <laughs> or what, like, you know, what wide receiver or what defensive player are we potentially looking at in the draft? Yeah. I need to go back so, and look at, like, officially so when we, I started putting draft prospects so in the name of these shows. <laughs> what you're telling me is I should not submit my mock draft right now. Not, I mean, now you do you. That also but, implies yeah. that you have one. Oh, right. I'm sure he does. I have one. You know, I, I don't oh, I don't publish it. Oh, the, the, just because I'm a degenerate. They, they, made, yeah. oh, they made one the day after the oh, draft. I have plenty. I'm already down to, to edition number six. We're ready. Let's just roll them out. <laughs> no, I, did, I did want to say something before, just in case yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily get this in. But when we were having a discussion, when you were talking about Calvin Ridley earlier, mm-hmm. Um. I don't even. That kind of shocked me that someone even asked the question. <laughs> Is he <laughs> a wide receiver? One, I, I don't. I I don't really understand. I, and I know being what they mean when people what people say when they say wide receiver one. I feel like they're kind of referencing. You know, obviously what you said um, they like Julio or even like one of the top receivers in the league. But you know what he did last season, um, I think kind of proved with with Julio in and out who he is. But you know, I think. You know, guys have bad stretches, and it's just you know started the season, and I, I think this Sunday, you know, banged up secondary, the secondary he went viral against in the summer. <laughs> Good That's opportunity. Right. That's how it started the whole yep. he's the yep. greatest route runner ever conversation was when he <laughs> exactly dusted him in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I, I think I, no, I, I'm not making any predictions here, but I think this this Sunday he he could he could show something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly love Calvin Ridley, and I think he did show, like you said last year with Julio out, that he had the, the capability to be the top guy, uh, to draw the top coverage and still get it done. And, um, you know, I think that he has done it thus far this year, you know. I, but I think the whole – I think people are kind of putting the offense's struggles as a whole on him just because he's kind of the most – other than Matt Ryan, sort of the most obvious part of it. Um, and it's always easy to sort of pin it on your top guys. Like whenever the Falcons offense was struggling, when Julio was here, it was, oh, what, what's wrong with Julio? You know, or what, you know, why isn't Julio playing more snaps or whatever? You know, it's, it's never just one player's fault. So I do hope that um, Ridley can show up and, and really uh, silence, silence the doubt. Um, and, and, you know, I think he, he's, he's got a long way to go in terms of, I'd, like, I don't even think we've seen the best of Calvin Ridley so far. Um, I think I think he can still continue to grow as a player, and um, you know I think people maybe underrate the mental side of the game, um, and I think it was was clear that that Ridley was struggling, um, and I just hope that that he's able to to deal with those issues because that's that's no joke, um, and uh, you know I, I hope that he's able to get his mind right uh, and get to to a point where he can be the best player he can be, you know the best version of himself, and I think uh, I think we will see that this year, um, and that's big for him and for the Falcons, so. Um, 
All right, let me get in a few questions here before we start wrapping things up. Uh, first from TC Colorado with the $3. TC, thanks so much, man. He says, appreciate the great show and interesting takes. You're welcome, buddy. Thanks to everyone for coming on, everyone for watching. Um, we also have George Costanza with another $3. He says, ah, oh, no, no, I need a link to where I can buy that drink. I need to try it. Hashtag sponsorship. Uh, I actually found it in, on Amazon. I'll paste it in the chat. Okay, uh, Anand's going to hook you up there, George. Uh, and then finally, just in from Kevin Dog uh, with the $2. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, Kevin's Unite, by the way. Uh, he says, I think we will win the division and make the playoffs. That's, that's a bold prediction there. Uh, so he's got Adnan even beat with the, the prediction of division winning. I mean, the Bucks have looked a little bit that more. That was Adnan with a different name. Oh, yeah, I should have known. It's his burner. It's his burner. Yep. <laughs> I have many of those. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, he does. Kevin, don't do it. What the Bucks have okay. have looked a little mortal oh, this year. Oh, They've still been a very good team. Oh Lord! But no. you know, yeah. Not, not saying that the Falcons are going to. My favorite part of this podcast to see his reaction just go like, no. completely like, yeah, totally. That's right. It's like, oh my gosh. In, yeah. in, in fairness, if the Bucks lose a couple more, and then it's going to get real spicy in here. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, imagine a home playoff game at the bench. Well, hey, hey guys, let's let's just let's get a two game winning streak going, okay? Let's let's start there before you start talking winning divisions and and beating the Bucks and let's just get a two game winning streak going, okay? And you know I'm never picking us against the Saints either. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, never no. picking against us against the yes, Saints either. Of course, That's yeah. So tradition. we're gonna we're gonna win that game too. Yeah, yeah. So if we can win these next two games. You know, we'll be well above 500 after that. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they, they definitely need to win some games here on this stretch. I think this is, like, it's funny because early in the season, it looked like a pretty daunting stretch. You know, I think the, uh, the the Panthers looked a lot better after three weeks, and now they look not as much better. Um, they look so, terrible. Yeah, they look terrible. No, like, <laughs> now that they're playing actual football teams, they, they suck. Like, they look awful. <laughs> Drop the awful. hammer. They're also bogged down in some trade rumors at the yep. quarterback position. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, yeah. it's also a big break that we're missing McCaffrey. Like yeah. all jokes aside, Christian, that team is completely different with Christian McCaffrey as any team would be with a player yeah. that talented. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's tough to lose someone that important to your offense. It's tough to my fantasy team who took, you know, Christian McCaffrey first overall, um, you know, to, to be without him as well. So I know, I know from personal experience just how big of a difference he can make for your team. <laughs> no, but they are, I mean, McCaffrey is a special player and it's, it's honestly, it's really sad um, as just a lover of football to not see him on the field on Sundays. Like it just, it's rough. You feel for him. Um, and I hope we do I'm get him got back paid. at some point. I'm glad he got paid, though. You know, yeah, I'm glad exactly. he's hamstringing that salary cap over there. <laughs> I'm just glad he got his money before the injuries started piling up because Lord knows you're not going to get paid after that. So good for six him. Get your money, players. Get your money. Six of a possible 21 games. Over the last three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Six it's rough, contract. man. Big rough. All right. Final tip from George Costanza. He says, if we can get Bad Moon Rising on the show – What's the chances of getting Steve Bartkowski? Um, <laughs> uh, Evan's not here. That's yeah, Evan's not here. That's a question him. for him. I will. Re- I'll, I'll. You know, Evan would say he would try, which I'm sure he would. So we'll we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, I know we were in talks with another uh, very special Falcons player, um, and that got delayed a little bit. But we we may be able to uh, 
another another Falcons legend. So that that it's may be Bobby coming Petrino, at some point. guys. <laughs> He's just gonna leave a note on the uh, the Google Meet camera, where it just says, "I'm sorry, you know, out of respect for you, I'm leaving you this note uh, to say that I will not be attending your podcast this evening." So um, I would pay good money to see that note. But uh, actually, no, didn't uh, Keenan Forney show it to us? He showed us the actual uh, note. Yeah, <laughs> one of the legendary moments on this show. Uh, so <laughs> you guys are um, all over the timeline like we're going back yeah. to 2007 we're skipping yeah. two weeks ahead to talk about the panthers well that's what happens What's when we get over well, once well, we get over we an like, hour it's a free-for-all yeah, yeah. we like keeping everyone on their toes that's yeah, what exactly it is. exactly but uh yeah no we are over an hour so we'll let you guys uh get out of here before i give our guests the opportunity to plug their stuff because it was requested multiple times and it's in my contract um just want to remind you guys, uh, I'm going to plug my own stuff first, so please you know, do like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. That really helps us out. Uh, you can check out the Patreon page for access to exclusive perks, including our Patreon Q&A sessions and some other cool stuff on there. The link to that is patreon.com slash live, and you can check out our community Discord server as well, the link to which is in the show description. So, first of all, uh, we have Scott Bear. He is at Scott Bear NFL. Uh, what is it? The managing editor of the Atlanta Falcons digital media, Scott? Is that the official title? All these titles are so wacky, man. I know, uh, man. Yeah, something like that. Um, I get he works there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like that's what I want on my business card. But I want you all to know that you should go to iTunes or Spotify or YouTube and subscribe to the Falcons Final Whistle podcast starring Chris Rim, Tori McElhaney, and most importantly me. And uh, <laughs> not to teach your own horn or anything. Yeah. No, no I, it's, <laughs> like that stuff never happens, but yeah, man, subscribe, drop a five star rating on it. I mean, you won't be able to help yourself because it's just so much fun. Uh, but yeah, do that. And uh, just something that I want to throw out there too, that we're starting to kind of build. It's like a, it's like a Twitter spaces kind of pregame show that Tori and I have been doing that. We're going to get Chris on. Uh, he, he doesn't know it yet, uh, but, but yeah, uh, you know, just it's, it's like the pregame show before the pregame, right? That if you want to just wall the wall Falcons coverage, that's what you'll find at AtlantaFalcons.com. Absolutely. Good stuff there. Uh, definitely a big fan of everything you guys have been doing there. Uh, this season been a lot of fun. I uh, enjoyed the content, uh, and I have to check out the pod. I believe you guys started that somewhat recently. So I have I, I saw it pop up on my Spotify, so I'm going to have to check it out. It does sound like a good time with all those great folks. Speaking of those great folks, we have Chris Rim. He is at ChrisRim1 on the Twitters. Chris, anything that you would like to plug? No, nah, nothing nothing else. I think Scott covered it all. Just go to AtlantaFalcons.com and read up, you know, follow, follow what we're doing, listen to the podcast. Should have some fun stuff, great analysis on there, and – think we got some some good stuff coming from our from our team from our editorial team so trying absolutely. to absolutely produce some great content so appreciate yeah. y'all having me on absolutely yeah chris is uh criminally underfollowed on the twitters by the way so you guys need to hit him up yeah uh, gotta hit him up for sure appreciate that, man. absolutely um and then we have with us falcoholic dw on the twitters also known as david walker in the real world uh dw anything else you'd like to plug other than the excellent falcoholic podcast you can also yeah, no one calls no one calls me david walker actually yeah, i know <laughs> i know i should just change it so it just says dw like that's that nah, you're, you're, that. you're, that's how i talk to, to to scott about 
about you actually just dw this this yep. is the first time so i i always <laughs> i was like i'm like this guy i like this guy on twitter i'm always telling scott i'm like he's, he's tweeting what i'm thinking right now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> angry yeah conversation. They are. every yeah that's our that's our typical press box yeah we're like looking at you all of us are looking at your tweet and cracking up because oh, he talks God. about going back to the freezer for more vodka yeah. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> I think yesterday you you put you put a time warning against lost, but you you put out a tweet and you were pouring yourself a shot. I was I lost it. I was, I, <laughs> and you're like in the background, like ah. <laughs> yeah, that's, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's the content the people come for. Yeah, the, the brand, alcoholic the and alcoholic for sure. Yes. The brain is very strong. It's <laughs> the alcoholic and alcoholic. Yeah, I'm the, this is uh, this is what my family is very proud of. Yes, um, greatest achievement. We, we talk about this at Christmas. Oh, aren't you known for being an alcoholic on Twitter? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're I want that, on, that my on my gravestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's a yes, good one. The uh, the final whistle podcast. I mean the the Falcoholic podcast um, <laughs> is comes out almost daily. Uh, you'll get the post game with me and Evan. Uh, statistics that we dive into during the week after the game. And, uh, of course, our previews. We'll have one coming out this week where we preview the matchup with the Dolphins and uh, got some interesting uh, predictions for who I think are going to uh, explode in this game. So this could be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you there. And definitely check out the uh, Falcons final. I mean, the Falcoholic podcast as well. So there we go. I think that was the requested three. Plugs, final whistle. So I, yeah, final, final whistle. Excuse me. Whistle. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the three plugs that were requested. So I think we're good on that quota now. Um, <laughs> uh, incidentally, I do want to say I do actually listen to the final whistle and it's quality content. Yes. Yeah, we'd love, love to hear that. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I needed. I definitely need more Falcoholic podcasts uh, and Final Whistle podcasts in my life. So excited to check that one out. Also with us tonight, we have, of course, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way on Twitter. Adnan, anything that you're working on you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, a couple of running series, uh, both publishing on Saturday. Uh, Falcons series history against the Dolphins and the what if the Falcons win or lose articles. Uh, like I said, both coming out Saturday afternoon. So check that out. Yeah, check that out for sure, guys. A lot of good content coming there. Finally, we have Eric Robinson. He is at ESPN. I'm sorry, uh, underscore Eric underscore Robinson on the Twitters. Eric, anything that you're working on you'd like to plug? Um, just be on the lookout <laughs> at the end of the week for, for my uh, Dolphins preview. Um, yeah, that's that's for the most part. Uh, uh, Eric, will we need ESPN Plus for that article? <laughs> we need no, the hook. You, you need to get it plugged in to the site. Plus. Yeah, well, no I'm, just, I'm just a guy there, guys. I'm no one. Okay, I'm so they don't, they don't even like want you to do the ESPN plugs. No, they don't. They don't okay. Oh no! Sorry. I take the back. They probably do. So yeah, yeah. they probably uh, do. It's probably in the contract NFL, somewhere. NFL Live on ESPN or ESPN <laughs> Friday, 4 p.m. Just in case they check. Yeah, here we are at the, end of the show. Make sure we get yeah, the time. Not, yeah. not, not even Dave watches the show. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're we're good. We're good. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, finally, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcolic Kevin. I've got a new series that'll be coming out every week. Uh, that's going to be my game picks and predictions for the week. So that'll be coming out on Thursdays before Thursday Night Football. Uh, and then I'll also have my stats preview, matchups to watch, all that good stuff. And, of course, we will have Sunday's post-game show, the flagship program, coming to you immediately following the Falcons' 
matchup with the Dolphins on Sunday. Um, until then, guys, uh, we will see you on Sunday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. I know a lot of people are watching the Braves, so thank you for, for having us on uh, in the background or the foreground, depending on you know how, how much attention you're wanting to pay to that game. Um, and like I said, thank you so much. We will see you this weekend. Have a great week. Enjoy baseball, basketball, everything else that's going on, and we will talk to you on Sunday, guys. For everyone here at the Falcoholic and for Scott and Chris, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a great night.